Sarah, is my hair okay back there? Hair and makeup? Beautiful. <laughs> we're, we're on the budget set. <laughs> Randy, this is No hair and makeup. <laughs> Randy said beautiful. I'm going to turn your eyes off. That was wrong. All right. I'm rolling. We can start. Are we ready? Hey, welcome, everyone. We've got uh, guests here in the studio today. Um, Alliance members, thank you so much for what you do. And um, in this session is another one uh, really dealing with recovery since so much of what we do is, um, is trying to help clients who are using substances, abusing substances, and it's not helping uh, their overall situation. And so uh, we're doing a series of trainings that are helping us understand uh, what's going on, but also make us aware of resources and skills uh, to help us do what we do better. And so uh, I've got in the studio with us today. We've got Paul and Russell. And so, Russell, um, how did y'all meet? Because uh, I've been pretty excited uh, to know, Paula, that you were okay. coming to the studio and, and talk with you. But um, y'all have known each other for a little while now. Yeah, like almost two years. Yeah, I think yeah. it's been about two years. Um, so the last time, the first time I met Miss Paula, we was at a leadership conference. And um, <laughs> I remember we was at the table and we had to share our stories or share stuff about us and everybody was like no you go first <laughs> you go first you go first <laughs> but uh eventually they came around to me and I told you know a little bit I can't remember what I shared um but I shared and everybody was like <laughs> right right you know, yeah powerful story yeah so that's how we met okay and Paula you're a uh, you're a nurse been involved in in healthcare for a while uh, yeah, um, just a few years. <laughs> just and, a few, about but, 30, actually. But also you have a foundation and you're involved in several other um, organizations around recovery here. But do you want to just kind of give us an overview of what you're passionate yeah, about? And, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I am a registered nurse and currently I'm at Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield. I work with the medical directors there. Um, but I have a foundation called the Parker Gill Foundation. I started that in 2019, and uh, that all happened because I lost my son, Parker, Parker Gill, to an opioid-related overdose I'm in so 2018. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, August 2018. And when he passed away, so he was on a ventilator in the hospital, and I was able to spend some time with him before he actually passed away. But when I was faced with the fact that I was going to lose my son, I made a choice at that time to actually accept what I was being given. Um, I knew I could accept it or rebel. You know, it could either take me down or I could use that experience. And so I chose to accept what I was given and to praise God in that moment um, and ask him what he wanted me to do. And it was all about what could I do to glorify God in that situation. And so um, an opportunity came around. Someone wanted to help do something for Parker. And so we decided to start a foundation. And for me, recovery was where I wanted to go. Uh, prevention first. If you can prevent it, mm -hmm. uh, prevent addiction, then you don't have to worry about the recovery. But if, they're either, if you're either uh, prevent it or you're in recovery, if, you're, if you don't do one of those two things, death is a big possibility, and we found that out with my Especially son. with opioids. Right, with opioids. Um, fentanyl is uh, out there, carfentanil, 
And what is carfentanil? I'm not familiar with that. It is a stronger uh, synthetic oh. heroin. It's even stronger than fentanyl. And so um, just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit will kill someone. And so my passion was for recovery because my son struggled so much in his recovery. He first went to treatment when he was 17 um, and did well, graduated that program, came back home and graduated high school. He kept up with his credits while he was in recovery mm-hmm. and uh, in treatment, graduated, got a job, and then he relapsed. And he did that two or three different times. He tried several different types of treatment. He tried medication-assisted treatment at UAMS with Dr. Mancino. He did real well on that, but um, he ended up tapering himself off because he wanted to go work somewhere where they did not have a mm-hmm. uh, medication-assisted treatment nearby. And so he thought he was doing well enough. He, he didn't listen to Mama, the nurse, who told him that was not a good idea, and he was adult at that time. And so he tried that, and then he also went into uh, residential treatment two other times. But he struggled really uh, badly with with his addiction, and it weighed him down. I saw him just, I saw him cry numerous times, and he was weighed down with the magnitude of his disease. He didn't yet have the tools to to fight it. He tried so hard. He'd go to treatment, and when he was in recovery there in treatment or living in recovery housing, uh, clean, uh, not using, he was so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him weighed down with the stigma of the disease, and... That's another thing that I work. Anytime I get a chance to speak, I want to talk about that because I want them, uh, I want you, everyone, to see the person struggling with addiction as a person. Yeah. Um, it is a person that was um, uh, just like me or you who happens to has a, have a disease of addiction, and he didn't want it any more than anyone else. And he tried everything he could to fight it, but he was also in some recovery housing when he would get out and in the recovery housing it wasn't uh well supervised and so um for me quality recovery housing when someone gets out of treatment is very very important and so as a foundation we do whatever we can to to support that and so let's talk about your foundation mm-hmm. what what, is, what are the goals uh of the foundation oh the goals are to save lives we want to save lives from overdose that's our big goal. And how do you do that? And how we do that. We uh, support uh, prevention efforts. So if there's, um, we, we want to get into the schools. We want to do any type of prevention activities. But we also support recovery activities because in recovery, uh, as Jimmy McGill always says, if you're not having fun in recovery, you're not doing it right. Mm. And so we like to support activities, re- recovery activities. We support recovery housing. We uh, are partnered with Next Step Recovery Housing, which is Jimmy, Jimmy McGill's recovery housing, and we support them. And, and Jimmy, uh, here in the state, mm-hmm. um, he really, uh, he's the head of the peer program here in the state. Mm-hmm. And I've known, state I've known yes. Jimmy for several years. Yes. And he's a wonderful spokesperson for mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. for recovery and for peers. Absolutely. <clears throat> um but we also want to support parents, uh, families, because the state doesn't right now have an organized family peer um, um, program. And so when you have a parent that is faced with the fact that their child 
is struggling with addiction, mm-hmm. they don't, we, we, we as parents don't know what to do normally. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find a treatment. Um, it's hard to find treatment for them to go to. And so we want to be that person. So there's several different mothers throughout the state of Arkansas, Stacy James, um, Gina Algar, mm-hmm. Kathy McConnell, who was on uh, one of these. And we are there to help people. So you can go to our website, contact us, look us up on Facebook. What is the website? It is www.parkergillfoundation.org. And you'll put that out there, I hope. <laughs> we will. We'll, we'll put okay. those links yeah. in the... That's important, man, because um, like a mother that has multiple kids, you just got one that's struggling with addiction, you'll mess around and neglect the other kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, and focus on that one kid mm-hmm. You get and not know how to balance it. Mm-hmm. You get, um, right, it just becomes all-consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so, and being able to find housing is so important. Uh, in fact... Russell helped. I got called from a pastor friend of mine from um, in the Delta of Arkansas, who was trying to help a, a member of his church whose child was struggling, and they were looking. We need them out of the environment, but into, you know, some housing that mm-hmm. could help. And was that a loss? Right. Uh, really, for you know, I just don't want to Google it because I don't. I don't know how to get in. I don't know if they're any good. And mm-hmm. uh, and so we were able to connect him, the pastor, with, with Russell and Russell, you know, real quick mm-hmm. through some contacts, we're able to open up a spot right. pretty quickly. But if you don't have that, uh, now this is a resource and specifically for family members um, or for helpers that are helping, you know, mom or dad or a loved one, um, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, their, their loved ones dealing with this, they're, they're trying to figure it all out while the crisis is erupting. The crisis is happening. And, and that's very difficult. I remember um, I, I first started dealing with um, a loved one, a family member, with an addiction in about 2007, 2008. This was before Parker. And, and I remember just going crazy all around town. I, would, I went to the church. I went to uh, Wolf Street. I, I went everywhere I could find, uh, you know, counselors, doctors. And there just wasn't anyone that could fix my kid, right, or fix my family member. And uh, someone said, you've got to get help yourself. And that's what I did. So I went to Al-Anon in 2008, and, boy, that was a a game changer. Did it help? Yes, yes. I didn't know I was sick. Mm. (laughs) You know, the first time that I heard that, I was like, wait. And this is – I get this all the time from parents – when I say the first thing you need to do is get yourself some help and here's where I would go, you know, here's some places. And, and they look at me offended sometimes. And that's how I was. Mm. No, no, no. You know, Miss Kathy, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't have the yeah. problem. I think Miss Kathy, uh, while she was here, you know, a month ago, right. she said the same said thing the same when thing. she was trying to help her son. She talked to the counselor and the counselor told her the same thing. But it changed my life. It changed my mm. life. And um, I was then able to help that family member. Um, And then I was more prepared when Parker uh, developed his addiction. Um, I knew what to expect. Plus, I'm a nurse. I'm a researcher. I love to research. And so I had already researched about the disease. And so I was really prepared uh, when Parker 
if, if you could ever be prepared, you know. But mm-hmm. I still didn't know what to do. It was very difficult to find treatment for someone under the age of 18 in Arkansas, which to this day, it is still very difficult to find treatment for someone that's um, a minor. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, so what would you recommend to a family member? Um, I mean, what, what would be kind of the step? So you said first you need to mm-hmm. uh, make sure that you're well. Right. And, and so they would go about doing that. They could hit the website, uh, yes. your foundation website, and mm-hmm. you would help them with that. Right. Um, I keep listing of Al-Anon meetings, Celebrate Recovery meetings. There's a new group called PALS. It's Parents of Addicted Loved Ones, mm-hmm. and there's about three now in our state. Where did that come from? I'm not sure. Did um, that come out of Hot Springs? I, I honestly, okay. I, I, I don't know, but I know some people who have started one. Okay. Uh, I met a gentleman who's... Cersei Beebe. Mm-hmm. Um, in Hot Springs, he, he had a, a son, I think it was a son, um, who had struggled, and they were wanting to start something. I, mm-hmm. I'll check on that. Okay, yeah. It may have started um, there. I have not been to a PALS meeting, okay. uh, but I do know some people that have started it and, and go to that. So, you know, if in that area, if you're in BB, you know, I can send you there. Churches, reach out so to tell me, church. So tell me, PALS, again, where, where are the locations? Um, there? I knew you were going to say that. I know that there's one up in BB and Cersei, and I don't know where the okay. other ones are. In, the, uh, in that area of the state. I know there's one, but there are three, and Hot Springs may be one. I don't know. Um, I have it at home. We'll, we'll do a uh, search and put the link in, okay. the, That'd be in good. the post. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, Al-Anon, Celebrate Recovery, PALS. Um, New Life Church has uh, Regen. Regen, it's a program there that they have for um, members with um, codependency and addictions, you know, whatever your your issue is. So there are lots of different options now, but first, you know, get help for you. If it if there is a crisis and your child needs, or your family member, it could be a spouse um, uh, or a sister, brother, whatever, needs treatment right away, detoxification, there's detox places they can go to, and then there's other treatments. And so it's really hard to navigate that, and so that's what we like to do. Um, I was on the phone the other day, Someone had a daughter, an adult child, and I called around and found two different places with beds. So they had options, insurance and then faith-based, and they were able to then talk to their family member, their child, and say, here is what we have to offer, you know, um, and, and that's important to be prepared before that conversation happens because a lot of times... Um, there, you, you can't make them go, but you can say, you know, I, I can't support you any longer, mm-hmm. but here's what I have to offer you. And I want to lo- walk along beside you. And in Al-Anon, I learned to detach with love and I learned to see my family member or child as a person and, and love them, but not enable them. Mm-hmm. And so with Parker, when he died, he knew how much his mom loved him, and he knew that I was along beside him every step of the way. I was not going to make it easy for him to use, mm-hmm. but he always knew I loved him, and that's important. And so often you you feel like the person that is using is doing it to you. You're offended because they keep doing this to you. You know, I've, I've heard family members actually Mm-hmm. communicate just that mm-hmm. i can't believe they're doing this to me yeah. and it's not personal it's they have a disease that they would rather not have and they would rather not 
be doing this. Parker said, Mama, you know, with tears in his eyes, I just want to be that son, brother, uncle that you all deserve. And, you know, I would just see him crying about that. Mm -hmm. I knew he didn't want that. And people struggling with addiction would do anything to, you know, to be able to be that person that they know they are and they want to be, but they can't. And so um, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's very important. And um, so I try to help the parent see that too. So when they go to their child who, who is in a crisis situation and needs help, they're they're better prepared you you know what you said i think is so important because um you know while you're watching a loved one go through uh this um there is a point where uh you start to withdraw you just can't be stolen from anymore Mm -hmm. they can't disrupt the rest of the family can't 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 Mm -hmm. and so um but the loss is is very real and to do that into a way I, I would just say, you know, if you've got, if you're helping someone and a family member is reaching out to you or lo- or you have a loved one, uh, then please, you know, go to this foundation, uh, the Parker Gill Foundation, and get some help so that um, as you engage, you've got support and you've got some skill, but also that you do that well where you, where you feel like, you know, what you said is your son always knew that you loved him. Mm-hmm. He never felt like you didn't love him. And so there was mm-hmm. never this, but you had drawn boundaries and, and then you had options that you would mm-hmm. provide him. I think that's so important. Um, but cause you can't fix it for a person, right? But you can engage in a way that is right and good and mm-hmm. healthy and healthy for both parties. That's the most mm-hmm. important thing. Can we talk about detox uh, real quick? You had you had talked about detox uh, resources. So if, if someone is is actively using, especially if they're using uh, large amounts of alcohol or opioids, there is a withdrawal effect. And mm-hmm. So you need some you need some help. Professional detoxification help. Yeah. And so cold cold turkey is not really safe at this point. A lot of times, uh, it's not. Um, I have seen, you know, I have been with my son while he was detoxing. Um, but a lot of times it is good to be in, it's the, the best scenario is to go to a place where they can help you detox and then get into treatment. Because what happens is once you start detoxing, um, you want to use to stop the detox. So if you're not in a detox It's not a pleasant experience. No, it's it's not a pleasant experience at all. Um, I've not experienced it, but f- watching my son, I can say it's not pleasant mm-hmm. because um, I want to make that clear. I've not experienced it, but um, so I don't know that, but I've seen him. And um, so when he started detoxing, you obviously want to go use again to stop it, right? And so if you're wanting to go to treatment, you can go to a detox center here in Arkansas, or we have several different ones. Um, Baptist has detox. Natural State Recovery Centers has detox. Serenity Park has detox. And um, Bradford Health, St. Vincent's Bradford Health has detox. There's probably more. There's one in um, Searcy. But um, that's just, it's safer. It's healthier for the individual. And then you can move from that situation into Mm -hmm. a residential It's a much more natural move, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, um... You know, so if we were talking about loved ones, 
uh, kind of once again, are the, is there any advice that either of you would kind of recommend to someone whose family member is, is currently using any skills and maybe the, the intervention? Mm. Uh, you had said earlier that, you know, have a plan, just don't mm-hmm. move into it in a spontaneous moment. But how would you approach, recommend someone approach someone um, in an, what would classically maybe be thought of as an intervention? intervention. Well, I, I want to mention the the family members, and this is a little bit before the intervention, but the family members, when they're faced with someone in their family using denial, uh, you hear of denial with a person with addiction. It, you know, they, they go through a stage where they deny that they have an addiction. Well, the family member can deny as well, and the family member will pick up on things. I can tell you personally, I knew in my heart and in my head, I'm a nurse, I knew way before my heart and my brain was going to let me admit it that my son was actually had an addiction. And so the best thing to do when you see those signs is to, to face it, face it with them, face it with others. What would be some of those signs, Paula? Oh, um, dropping grades, changing of friends, detaching from family, staying in the room all the time. Um, Stealing, finding things missing with, you know, no explanation. Um, the disconnect. Disconnect, yeah. Yeah, you know, all kids love mom, and we're always in her face, mom this, mom that, mom that. And when that starts, like, slowly starts to, you know, disconnect, I think that's a, a big thing. Mm. And moms know when their kid is not their kid. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. When the relationship's changed. Yeah. Lying. Yeah. Lying mm-hmm. starts. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you, you, you will, a parent can deny and make sense of all of these lies. Yeah. And, you know, this lie comes and you're like, oh, okay. You know, you're believing it, knowing all along your child's not because you're faced with something that you know is going to be serious. Plus the stigma, once again, keeps a parent mm-hmm. from wanting to face this. Oh, there's the shame and the guilt. I must be a bad parent because mm-hmm. my son is bad. Addiction is not a moral failing. It's a disease. And yeah, there were things that I did wrong as a parent, but that was not my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to take my piece of the rug, my piece of it, and and own that just like my son and other family members do. But society stigmatizes the disease still to this day. It's a little better because an, everyone's an talking about it. But society. Mm-hmm, uneducated society we'll does. Put that label on you, you, your family, yeah. your kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there still seems to be some moral um, uh, judgment around that because mm-hmm. of behaviors, um, you know, folks in, addic- I mean, stealing and, and mm-hmm. those types of things. And so w- would it be uh, for both of y'all, um, so if you've got a loved one um, who's suffering, then one is prepare yourself. So you need to get you need to get some skill yourself. Mm-hmm. Go get some game, mm-hmm. um, and they can contact y'all to for connection to help. Um, then you need to prepare for kind of this interaction, mm-hmm. um, and that involves setting boundaries, healthy boundaries. You know, for you, because you definitely don't want to be following your son or daughter around the next dope house and trying to get them out of a dope house and it'd be a dangerous situation and you end up getting hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. So, 
I think that's a major thing. And then like love, that's that's they need that the most at that time. Mm-hmm. They need it more than anything. So drawing drawing a boundary, but also offering, you know, I'm I'm always here, but mm-hmm. setting the kind of the rules for. My mom uh, told me when I was going through it. She said, "I can't do nothing else for you, but if you're hungry, I'll feed you." Mm-hmm. All that other stuff, I can't do none of I'm that. Gonna stuff. give you money to go get food, nothing. but I'm gonna give you food. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll right. feed you. Yeah, that's definitely so. Yes, um, get yourself help. Prepare yourself. Um, get a game plan and face it. So you have to face it with yourself, and then face it with him the, or her, the, the family member, mm-hmm. and um, set the boundary and say, "Here's what I'm willing to do." Um, and stick with it. And stick with it. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, thanks so much for coming and being with us today. We're going to put uh, the links uh, for the help down okay. in, in this post. And and hopefully um, there will be someone there that's going through it and they won't have to go through it alone. All right. Well, thanks so much for making the introduction. And Paula, Thank thanks you. so much for, for what me. you do and for being here today. All right. Thanks. Glad to be here.